You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at weddingtonchurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. We hear the words of the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 31, we'll begin at verse 31. Jeremiah 31, beginning at verse 31, where Jeremiah says, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people." No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege now of studying it together. And God, as we begin this new year... Together as the church, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. In the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. There's something about New Year's Day and beginning a new year together. Now, often we'll make our resolutions. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to eat differently. I'm going to diet. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And Typically, we'll last till January the 2nd or so to do that. We like to make our resolutions, but there is something about a new start, a fresh start. There's something about a new year where we get to evaluate, reflect on the past year. What are some things that I want to do different this year than last year? We, we think about the good times of the past year. We think sometimes about the struggles of the past year. Sometimes we're going, I sure hope this year is better than last year. Over the years of COVID, many times we've said that. I Surely this year will be better than last year. And that's our prayer again now. But there's something about planning for a new year. I've already, for example, printed off my calendar. Now I use an electronic calendar. I use the calendar on my computer that syncs with my phone and syncs with the tablet and all God's children sync. It even syncs with my watch. But there's something sometimes about printing. So I've printed out the months of this year, 2023, because sometimes as you're trying to think ahead, it just helps to kind of lay it out, to be able to see it and to see not just one day at a time or a week at a time, but what does the year look like? And it it can be exciting to kind of lay out, this is where we want to go this year. This is maybe where God is calling us to be this year. As a family, we hope to do this, or we're going to go here this year. Starting over can be exciting. Sometimes starting over is 
challenging, especially if we're starting over after a crisis. If we're starting over because we've lost everything, sometimes people have to start over because they have nothing. And that's kind of where we see Jeremiah and the children of Israel. They're starting over. It's a new covenant, a new beginning, but it's after a crisis. It's after a challenging time. See, Israel was the people of God. And they were living together in this, this holy land that God had given to them. This, this land that was flowing with milk and honey. They had built the amazing city of Jerusalem. And if you've ever been to Israel, it is so impressive when you come, especially if you're there on the, up on the, the Mount of Olives and you look across the Kidron Valley and the city of Jerusalem is there on the hill. It's an impressive sight. The massive temple of God was a sight to behold. It was symbolic of God's presence with the people. It was a holy thing. And everyone around you, this reminds us that God is with us. God had entered a covenant with the people of Israel. He had entered a covenant with Abraham and, and told him, I want you to leave it all, come with me, follow me. I will make of you a great nation. And Abraham believed and he went as God had called him to be. And God had blessed the children. He told them, I'll be your God. You will be my people. That's the covenant. The covenant language of the Scripture is, I will be your God. You will be my people. It's a relationship. Now, due to a famine, the children of Israel went into Egypt to be able to survive. We know the story that while they were there, they grew, a new pharaoh came in, and, and that pharaoh was threatened by the size of the Hebrew people, so he enslaves them. And for many years, they are enslaved there in Egypt, and they were, their taskmasters were just so unmerciful to them. They cried out to God, and God heard their cries. He remembered the covenant. I love that in the Scripture. How many times we hear that God remembered the covenant. God remembered the relationship. He doesn't forget us. And He had not forgotten the children of Israel. So, he sends Moses to come deliver them out of slavery. Incredible miracles occur. The crossing of the Red Sea. So many times when God did amazing things. And now they're back to the promised land. And it was a land, as the Scripture describes, flowing with milk and honey. Meaning it was a prosperous land, a beautiful land where they could have their crops, where their cattle could thrive where they would have all the things to build their families and to build their homes. But God had given them a warning. God was afraid. Some people don't like when I say that God had a fear, but God was afraid. Just read Deuteronomy 8 and other scriptures. He was afraid that once they got into their new land and they had all these blessings that they would forget Him. They would forget about God. Forget about the God who had delivered them out of Egypt. Forget about the God who had blessed them. Forget about the God who provided this beautiful land and all their blessings to them. He warned them. And we know the story of how over some time, the people just began to get a little lax in their faith, a little lax in their worship, 
It's easy to do. It's easy for us to do. It may be why one of our resolutions this year may be that we want to worship God on a regular basis. I'm going to get back to church, get back to worship, because it's so easy for us to just to get distracted by the culture around us. And God had warned, you may forget me. You may begin to, to be tempted by the, the idols of the culture, the values and the morals of the culture around you. Forget who I've called you to be as a set-apart people. Forget who I am as your God. And that's exactly what happened. And once they turned away from God they began to experience the consequences of what that would be like. Jeremiah was a young man who was called to be a prophet of God and to warn the people back in 626 B.C. That's before Christ, before the Christian era. And so at 626, God calls him to be a prophet. I need somebody to warn my people. You need to turn back to me. You're going to experience the consequences. You need to turn back to who I've called you to be. You need to turn back to the faith, the values, the morals. You need to return to me as your God. Or there's going to be consequences of your decisions, consequences of your actions that people just wouldn't listen so in 606, just 20 years later, things began to change. Jerusalem is partially destroyed. And it was painful to begin to see. This is the holy city, and, and that's the place where the massive temple of God was. But they had forgotten about their God just a few years later in 597, Jerusalem would be further devastated, further destroyed. And then 587, 586, we'll watch as Jerusalem is annihilated. The city is burned. The temple is destroyed. Now picture this. It's up on a hill. Jerusalem's on a hill. And you would always could look across and, and see the temple of God, the city of God. Now when they looked across the hill, now when you looked, what you saw was destruction. Even smoke from the remains of the destruction. It was like watching a slow, agonizing death over the years of Jerusalem being partially destroyed, destroyed some more, ultimately annihilated. And the people of God, the Hebrew people, are taken into captivity by the Babylonians, and, and, and it's called the Babylonian Empire, and they're exiled again. They're, they're now once again removed from the Promised Land. They're removed throughout all the Babylonian Empire, and, and so many of the, the affluent people and the, the, the stronger, younger people, they were dispersed throughout the communities, throughout the empire, to break their spirit and break that sense of community, and they are destroyed. By the waters of Babylon, there we wept as they would think about Jerusalem and they would remember. And it just seemed that there was no hope. So much of the Old Testament Scripture is written while they're in exile as they're trying to figure out, how did we get in this mess? Where did we go wrong? And, and you will see the Scriptures as they reflect and go, here's where we messed up. When we turned away from God, when we forgot who our God was. 
when we fell to the allure of the idols of the culture, the values of the culture, the morals of the culture, the things that seemed so appealing at the time, and now here we are. And it appeared that there was no hope, but then God, again speaking to Jeremiah, takes a turn, and all of a sudden there's talk about building and planting, and and God gives them an image of hope, and, and God says, I'm going to make a new covenant. A new covenant. God had not forgotten them. God had not forgotten His covenant with them. They were experiencing the consequences of their decision, but God remembered the covenant that He had made, I'll be your God, you'll be my people. And now God's giving them the invitation, I will still be your God, do you want to be my people? Will you be my people? Will you come back to me? And we read in this scripture, this beautiful scripture from Jeremiah that we shared together, where God says, I'm going to create a new covenant. one. It will not be like the old one. And did you hear the pain? Not like the one they broke, though I was their husband. Do you see the, the personal side? We have a God who can feel, a God with emotions, a God with passions, and God is feeling this incredible pain because the people of God had turned away from Him. But God said, I'm going to fix this. Isn't it interesting? God's the innocent party. God's the victim in the broken covenant. And yet God is the one who says, I will fix this. Read that scripture again. Notice how many times God said, I. I will do this. I will create a new covenant. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God. I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. In spite, in spite of the brokenness of the people, in spite of the brokenness of the covenant, in spite of the people that God had blessed in so many ways and, and offered this beautiful promised land and covenant with, in spite of the fact that they had broken it and rebelled, God never gave up on them. And God said, I'm willing to do this. God acts. We react. Once again, God is doing the action. I'll be your God. I'll create a new covenant. We react. And God said, I will make this new covenant. I will restore the relationship. I will be your God. You will be my people. And catch this. I'll forgive them. And I will remember their sin no more. Talk about a New Year's opportunity. We were sharing about how sometimes it's just nice to have that new start, that fresh start. We pull out the calendar. We get to think about a new year. Think about what God just offered. I, I'm going to forgive you, and I'm gonna re I'll remember your sin no more. The pain that you've caused, the brokenness that you've caused, the harm, even though I was your husband, the sense that you committed adultery with these gods of the culture, the idols of the culture, I will remember that 
no more. You can start over. You can start clean. You can start fresh. We can start over as if nothing had ever happened before. I'm willing, God says, to give you a clean start. It's a new covenant. Well, that takes us to the New Testament. We've just celebrated the amazing gift of Christmas with the coming of the Christ child when God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But that Son will grow up. And that Son will ultimately offer His life for us. That the new covenant was not a free covenant. The new covenant would actually cost God everything He had. And we see Jesus then gather in the upper room. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you hear this passage. And one of the things to remember is that many of Paul's letters were written before any of the Gospels were. So it appears that the very first hearing of what really happened in the upper room came not from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but rather from Paul telling the story in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, when Paul says... For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when He was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and He said, This is my body that is for you. Now do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, He took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant. I want you to hear that. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. As we begin this year, one of the beautiful things to realize is that we have a God who never gives up on us. A God who remembers the covenant with us. A God who so loves us that He gave us Christmas, the coming of the Christ child. And God so loves us that regardless of what we've done, regardless of our brokenness, we can look at at Israel from the Old Testament and and we see they, they totally rejected God. They even brought other idols into God's holy temple. The, the people were following those gods, throwing away their values, throwing away the commandments of God, throwing away the relationship with God. And God still said, I'll make a new covenant. I'll be your God. You can be my people. I will forgive you, and not only that, I will forget. I will not remember your sins. I will give you a clean start, a fresh start. You can begin a new life right now. We can recommit right now. It's a new covenant, not written on stone, written in the heart. And Jesus said, This is the blood of the new covenant. It's my blood. It's the new covenant that's for you. When you do this, remember me. John Wesley, who is the founder of Methodism, John Wesley was considered to be the greatest theologian of the 18th century, but 
1755, he celebrated the first of what has become known as John Wesley's covenant service. Now, it was a borrowed service from, from others, but he tweaked it, he worked with it, and that means for the last 267 years. That's, that's longer than our country is old formally. For the last 267 years, the people called Methodists have shared in what is known as a covenant service or a covenant prayer, recommitting our covenant with God. And and John Wesley loved to share this on the Sunday that was closest to January 1st. I don't think we can get a Sunday closer to January 1st than January 1st. So here's a great opportunity for us to take a time to really reflect on our lives, to reflect on the past, to kind of ask ourselves and to be honest with ourselves, where have I been like the people of Israel? It's a temptation for all of us. It's so easy to point a finger at someone else and then realize it's actually pointing more at me. I was always taught when you point a finger at someone else, just remember there are three more pointing back at you. So as I think about where, where is it that I've sinned, where is it that I've, I've gotten relaxed in my faith, where is it that I might have been tempted to the idols and the culture and the world around me instead of being the people that God's called me to be and us to be together, maybe we've somehow forgotten about our relationship with God. It's a time for you and for me to, to really pause and Think about it, but I want you to hear the good news. Actually, I want you to hear the great news. Remember the angel said it's good news of great joy. You have a God who doesn't give up on you, who doesn't give up on me. And a God who was in a covenant relationship, but Israel broke it. He said, even though I was their husband, it was painful to God. But God said, I, I'm not going to give up on you. I, I still love you. I'll start a new covenant with you. We'll start clean. I'll give you a clean slate. I will remember nothing from the brokenness. What an amazing gift that God gives us a chance to have a fresh start and a new covenant. So in just a moment... The words of the Wesley Covenant is going to come up and, and I'm going to invite you to pray along with me. But I want, to, I want us to pause just for a moment and, and give us a moment to be honest with ourselves and with God. After all, God already knows who we are, what we've done, where our brokenness may be. The, the challenge is for us to admit it and confess it to God. So just take a moment before we offer this covenant prayer and let's reflect on the past and then we can move with God into a new covenant, renewed covenant, where God will give us that new year, new beginning, clean start. From here, we move forward. And now I invite you to join me as we share in this covenant prayer that again, the people called Methodists have been praying year after year to try to have that fresh start of a new year, a renewed covenant with God, that we may be individually the Christians God calls us to be and together to be the church. Will you join me? 
I am not my own. I am yours alone. Make me into what you will. Rank me with those you will. Put me to use for you. Put me to suffering for you. Let me be employed for you. Let me be laid aside for you. Let me be lifted high for you. Let me be brought low for you. Let me be full or let me be empty. Let me have all the things or let me have nothing. With a willing heart, I freely give everything to your pleasure and disposal. So be it. Amen.